What Works. You're listening to the What Works Podcast, brought to you by SAID Alumni. Sponsored by More Investment Management and TD Malosh Monix Insurance. If you're out and about or in a class or something and you receive a phone call and you don't recognize the number, don't answer the call. Let it go to voicemail. Because if that's an employer asking you two, three questions, you want to make sure that you're in the right frame of mind. And you want to make sure you're prepared. You've tailored your cover letter and resume. A few weeks go by and you get a call. Hey, we'd love to learn more about you. When do you think you can come in for an interview? They want to meet the person behind the impressive resume. While this can be very exciting, it can also be quite nerve-wracking. From the alumni team here at SAID, I'm your host and fellow SAID grad, Alyssa Thanasopoulos. Welcome to the What Works podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about how you can be a star using the STAR method, how to plan for an interview conducted by artificial intelligence, and whether a post-interview follow-up note is necessary. Joining us from SAIT's Career Advancement Services team are career advisors Sean Leeson and Yvonne English. Together, they have extensive experience being on the hiring side and know a thing or two about having a successful interview. Before we get into it, when you receive that phone call or email invitation to participate in an interview, are there any questions that you should be asking at that point? Confirming all of the details, the date, the time, the method. Right now, there's so many different methods for interviews that you don't want to be sitting there waiting for a Zoom link and they expect you to be downtown. So you want to make sure you have all of that information, who's going to be interviewing, the number of interviews that are going to happen, and what kind of questions to expect. And don't be afraid to ask those questions. They're, they're going to expect it and it'll show them how prepared you are, how ready you are for this. One thing to keep in mind is that you're likely applying for positions across the country. So be mindful of time zones. Make sure that you ask them, well, can you confirm the time? Is this Mountain Standard Time or Pacific Time or Eastern Standard Time? Because it's nothing worse than you realizing that your interview was two hours ago because you got the time wrong. In the days or weeks leading up to the interview, how should we be preparing? So something to keep in mind is you should always review your resume and your cover letter. Usually you're going to be customizing your resume for every job posting. So what did you write? On top of that, the job posting. So we always recommend you take the job posting off the Internet because what happens to it once that deadline comes up, it's gone. So how are you going to remember maybe two weeks, three weeks later what you're really interviewing for? And that's a big portion of that anxiety piece. It's like, well, how can I prepare for something if I don't know what it is? You should do some company research. You're likely going to face the question, well, what do you know about our company? So if you don't know anything about them, how can you prepare? Prepare and practice answers to a lot of those common questions. So tell me about yourself. Why do you want to work here? Behavioral questions, technical questions. Look up online if others have disclosed questions, because Glassdoor is really good for disclosing those salary expectations or salaries. But there are other places such as Glassdoor and Indeed where people actually put down questions they've been asked by that particular company. So take a look at some of those. Do you know anybody at that company? Can they tell you a little bit about those hiring managers or those people interviewing you? Is there any particularities about that company and their hiring process that you should be aware of? Did they get asked some questions that you can prepare for? Those are really good things to ask. Always come prepared with some questions. What's meaningful to you in that interview? What do you want to know from that company? Do some salary research. Glassdoor is a wonderful resource for that. So come a little bit prepared just in case they ask you that question. 
I want to talk specifically about the virtual interview. This has become the norm since the pandemic. And I read a recent statistic from Indeed that 82% of employers that they've surveyed use virtual interviews and 93% of them plan on continuing to do so. So it's not going anywhere. What should interviewees be considering ahead of their virtual interview? It's a great question. And yes, they're not going anywhere. Virtual interviews are here to stay. I actually just read an article the other day on LinkedIn where one well-known recruiter is actually encouraging employers to use a virtual only as the first interview to not bring people in, especially if they're not, you know, the potential of not moving forward is there. So they're not going anywhere. So be prepared just as you would for a normal interview with a couple extra features. Make sure you're dressed head to toe as if you are going in person. You don't want to be having your bunny pajama pants on and have to stand up and they see your bunny pajama pants. So do all your hair, everything. Make sure your electronics are working fully charged. Backup cords, backup headset, anything that you need. Have a family member or friend help you by sending you a link on the platform that they're using. Make sure everything is tested, up, running, is good. Be conscious of your surroundings. You want to make sure that there's, you know, your laundry's not sitting on the bed behind you. Blur your background is something that you can do as well. And just make sure that there's, you know, no roommates or children or pets that could be disrupting you. Make sure you're not sitting in a in a busy foyer or a food court or something. I know some people may be at work and it might be difficult. Try and find a quiet area that you can do your your interview in. And just make sure that there's nothing there that can distract you or them from having a great interview. A bit of an added curveball some companies are throwing is the AI-conducted pre-screen interview. Can you explain what this is? So we are noticing a lot of the big companies are using these recorded interviews to do these pre-screening questions. So we're all used to the phone pre-screening questions. We're like, ring, ring, hi there. I'm here because you apply for this job. So I just have a few questions for you. you. should only take 10 minutes or 15 minutes of your time. Well, now what they're doing is that they're doing these via the recorded avenue. So what it is is that they send you a link via the email. They give you a certain time period to complete this recording. And then they ask you those preliminary questions. You enter into this software. Usually it's on the Internet. And you're responsible for recording yourself, clicking the record button, stopping the record button, providing them an answer to their questions. So something new, and it's really interesting because a lot of people are very strong at interviews or actually struggling with it because they don't have somebody on the other side who they can actually vibe with. Virtual interviews, yes, they're slightly different from in-person interviews, but this time you only get a string of words with a question and you only get to watch yourself answering that question. So it throws people off a little bit. So these are these, it's just a new method that you're doing a lot of these pre-screening questions. Is there a recommendation that you would have to kind of prepare for that scenario? Practice, practice, practice. Just like anything else, when it comes to getting a job, you have to practice. Just like those interview questions, you have to practice. Virtual interviews, it's practice. In this case, you have to practice. So you have to put yourself in a situation. Maybe you're going to be with a friend and they blank out their screen, but then they put a timer on, maybe a two to three minute timer, and they just present you with a question in the chat. And then you have to click the record button and the stop record button when you're done answering that question. This is actually something that I that Alyssa here from A&D uh, gave me the idea about. And I actually put it into practice with a couple of students. And it's very surprising what came out of those sort of uh, those appointments. So you did like a Teams meeting and then blank the screen and put the questions there in a timer. Absolutely. 
And these people were very strong at interviews. Like I've done many practice interviews with them, but as soon as you got rid of the other person on the other side, they started to falter a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So I told them we got to practice this a little bit more. Good stuff. That's great that that's an option. And I'm glad that you've kind of evolved your your interview practice skills to that side of things. So let's get into the storytelling side of interviews. I know that I've made the mistake of thinking I'd just be good at winging it because I don't know what they're going to ask me. So how can I possibly prepare for this? And that's honestly never worked out in my favor. So what's a good way to prepare what you're going to say and how you're going to say it if you're unsure of the types of questions that are going to be coming at you? The first is the STAR method. It's been around for a while. You might also know it as SAR, Situation, Task, Action, and Result. Think of an example, and it can be from any experience in your life. So education, work experience, volunteer, anything like that. And write them down on a piece of paper, but you want to formulate them where you're explaining the situation. For example, you can talk about communication skills. And so you worked in customer service. So you could say that there was one time a customer came in, was asking me for a product. I didn't know where it was. So I looked around, couldn't find it. I called another store to see if they carried it. They did. The customer wasn't able to get there. So I managed to have it shipped to their house. So short and sweet, you always want your answer to be less than two minutes. You want to be able to tell them what the situation was, the action you took, and the result that you had. They're based on behavioral-based questions, so past behavior is a really good indicator of future behavior. So keep that in mind, and yes, you can write them down on paper and bring them in with you. I love to just add that interviewing is a skill. Like I said before, practice. So if you're not familiar with the STAR method, practice it out because it is an un, it's a new way of talking about your experiences, especially in a very formatted method. Something else to keep in mind, in the spot, when you're nervous in an interview, it's really hard to remember what you did beforehand. So take some time, do those practice questions and actually write one or two situations in your own life, whether it's personal or professional, where you face that type of situation. At least if you prepare it beforehand, it'll be a lot easier for you to remember it later on rather than on the spot when you're anxious. And as an alumni, you have access to my career hub. And on my career hub in our resources in the interview strategies, we have a list of practice questions that are broken down into different transferable skills. So it gives you an idea of some of the types of questions you might be asked. So it gives you kind of a framework that you can use to develop your star information. And there's handouts on that site as well that goes into further detail on what star is. Because I was going to go on and ask, you know, what are some of those common questions? But it sounds like my career hub has that covered in the interview section. It's about three or four different resources in there. And the tell me about yourself statement, which is the question everybody dreads getting. Tell me about yourself. They don't want to know your life history. They just want to know a little bit of your past, a little bit of the present and how it's brought you to the future and how you're going to tie in with their company. And we have a document on my career hub that shows you how to how to write that statement as well. So it's the day of the interview, whether that's online, on a call or in person, how should we be going into this? Prepared is the one word that I'm putting into that. And prepared comes with a lot of things behind it. Prepare yourself emotionally. Try and relax yourself. What do you do to calm your nerves? If that's meditation, do that. If that's watching a YouTube video, do that as well. You should always come early as well. There's nothing worse than arriving late, not being able to get in contact with them because you're driving your car and you know you're not supposed to text when you're driving. 
and all that sort of stuff. So prepare your route beforehand, arrive early, do what you need to do to relax. But if you do that research component beforehand, days or maybe hours beforehand, you'll feel a lot more confident going into that interview. And I know we touched on this earlier, but personally, I cannot emphasize how valuable my notebook is in those situations. It's just because when I get nervous and I blank, I can just look back at it. It's not a bad thing. It looks like interested because you're maybe taking notes. Bring a notebook, right? Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) They're taking notes on you. So don't be afraid to take notes on them. So you should bring in your notebook. They have their questions written out in front of them. They're not pulling them out of the air. They have many large organizations have a standard template that they follow. So they're recording your answers. So you record their answers to your questions. Great information that they share about their company that maybe you didn't know. Something to bring with you for the interviews, whether it's online or or in person, even a phone call, if you're given time beforehand to prepare for those sort of things, is your resume, your cover letter and the job posting, because then you can reference it on the spot. And like Alyssa said, a notebook is awesome because you can jot down those experiences that you took the time to think about. Mm-hmm. You can put down the questions that you're preparing to to ask that interviewer. And also keep in mind, like Yvonne said, you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. So write down things that you took away from that interview because it helps out at the end of the day when you're sending them a personalized thank you email. There comes a time in the interview when they ask if you have any questions, which you just mentioned. How important is it to ask something here? Very important. Don't shrug your shoulders and say, nope, I have no questions. There is always questions that can be asked. The job description is just a brief overview of what the position is about so that they can attract the right type of candidate. Often does not go into any information on corporate culture, the day-to-day duties, growth opportunities, challenges of the organization, challenges of your position that you're applying for. Those are all questions that you can ask the employer when you're there. Tell me about the challenges that the company is facing right now. Tell me what role this position plays in overcoming those challenges. And that will show them that you're interested in much more than the salary or the hours, which don't ask about those. (laughs) Definitely do not ask about those. That will come in the offer letter. That will come in a second interview. They will bring that up and chat it about it with you but focus on those questions that are are meaningful that shows that you're you're interested in the opportunity and the growth the development the the forward direction of this position now that the interview process is complete and you wait for a decision you mentioned a follow-up email or note should be sent when should you send it what should it say if there's multiple people on the panel should each of them get an individual like what are the rules on this I wouldn't say there's specific hard, fast rules for this, but what we recommend is that after an interview, you do send a thank you email to each individual on the panel. Individualized, right? So that's why taking notes during the interview is really good. The things that you maybe had chatted about with each of those interviewers, maybe you took something away from that interview from what they said. So send each one a thank you email. Very short and simple, thanking them for their time. You're very interested in the opportunity and that you really enjoyed this particular part of the conversation that you had. We would typically say to send it within that 24 hours. Don't be too keen about sending it as soon as you leave that interview. Give it a little bit of time, maybe an hour or two. But if you have an interview late at night, you can always do it the next morning. So that's a really good opportunity to show that you're still keen for that position after the fact. 
And then there's also another follow-up email you can send. So typically at the end of an interview, they're going to tell you what next steps are. For example, uh, well, thank you for the interview. We are going to be making a decision on who's going to be doing second interviews in a week or next Monday, for example. And so if that Monday comes up and goes by and it happens to be the Tuesday and you haven't heard back, you're more than welcome to send them an email just saying, hi there, still super keen and thank you for the opportunity that you gave me to interview with you. Just wondering where you are with the process, just interested for that second interview. Thank you both so much for all of the great tips you shared with us today. What's one thing that you want to leave the audience with? Be prepared. I know it's a Boy Scout motto, but be prepared. Preparation never lets you down anywhere. Do that research beforehand. Have those interview answers ready. You can use the same answers at every interview you go to because you're interviewing with different people. So they're not hearing the same story over and over. Use them. You'll get to know them. The answers will come easier for you. My number one tip is be prepared. Sean, do you have a number one tip? Something I always say, it's just a conversation. At the end of the day, they're people too. They get nervous just as much interviewing as you are being interviewed. But who knows you better than yourself? Nobody. This is an opportunity to talk about what you've done in your previous life. It's really easy to do it with a friend over a beer. So just imagine maybe not the beer part, but that you're just talking to a friend. And they're just interested to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, don't show up with a six pack. No, don't. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> okay. No. I just have one tip that I want to put back in earlier when we were talking about being prepared. Sean kind of tweaked my memory. And that's if you're out and about or in a class or something and you receive a phone call and you don't recognize the number, don't answer the call. Let it go to voicemail. Because if that's an employer, that's calling you for an interview, or as Sean said, it could be an impromptu phone interview, asking you two, three questions. You want to make sure that you're in the right frame of mind, and you want to make sure you're prepared. Let it go to voicemail. Not everybody's available to answer a call whenever it comes in. Let it go to voicemail. Listen to it. Look up the job posting, because you've probably applied for six positions with the same job title. So look up that posting for that company then call them back when you have time, you're in a quiet space, and you can be in control of the conversation. Drew Purdy graduated from the Data Analytics Post-Diploma Certificate in 2021 and is currently working as a data analyst with the Alberta Energy Regulator. Prior to transitioning into a career in data analysis, Drew spent several years in client management roles and shares how he used being a lifelong learner as a strength when interviewing. I didn't really have much formal experience leaning on the experience that I did have from previous jobs. So I tried to lean hard on the angle of being a lifelong learner. I took an unpaid leave from my job to go back to school to gain those hard skills that I thought I would need. I was constantly watching LinkedIn learning courses, which SAFE provides access to, by the way, which is awesome. I used that to kind of sharpen my skill set and pick up some helpful tips and tricks along the way. So definitely recommend any state students that you know, are still looking, I mean, and still have access to it. So as long as you show you're willing to be able to learn with a genuine interest in the role, willing to put in the time and energy to grow, and obviously have some of those hard skills in the background, but lots of employers are okay with being experienced or looking for someone to invest in. A key takeaway from this conversation is to go into your interviews prepared. Not only does it show a high level of professionalism, it's also likely to help you feel much more confident and comfortable as well. 
And if your interview skills could stand to use some practice, be sure to connect with State's team of career advisors to arrange a mock interview. I'll leave a link to My Career Hub where you can make an appointment with an expert like Sean or Yvonne in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alyssa Thanasopoulos, and this is the What Works podcast brought to you by State Alumni. We look forward to connecting with you soon. Connect with the SAIT alumni family. Visit SAIT.ca slash alumni for information on exclusive perks, events, contests, and volunteer opportunities.